All right, take your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter number 3. I'm going to continue with some thoughts from this morning. Also, Acts chapter number 20, Ezekiel chapter number 3, uh, and then Acts chapter number uh, 20. And, uh, and so again, thank you. Um, try not to be emotional anymore, and uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, with them asking me to do the memorial service, uh, I get a chance to preach the gospel uh, to everyone. And so uh, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Uh, and uh, with the flights and everything, if you've ever flown last minute, it's super expensive. And, uh, and so by doing <clears throat> the uh, flying back on Monday, uh, I'll save about $1,500 uh, by, by doing that as well. And, uh, and so uh, that's just uh, what uh, I'm going to have to do. So thank you for that and the flexibility. I told them I would tell them after the service. And, uh, and, uh, but it just goes in line with what I was talking about this morning with the opportunities to share the gospel. And we need to, uh, to take those. And, and my uncle, they're Catholic. And so I just assumed they'd have a Catholic uh, service. But I think what they're doing is having at a funeral home uh, visitation and then 2 o'clock uh, to do that. And so... I'll be doing that. I'm sure I'll be preaching at uh, Twin Ports on Sunday or North Star or someplace there as well. Uh, but uh, if you'll just pray that uh, folks get saved, that'd be a blessing. All right. As I mentioned today is about soul winning uh, and uh, our responsibility to do so and how a lot of times Christians, we just don't do like we should. And I mentioned uh, about our responsibility as watchmen, or I mentioned having blood upon our hands when we fail to witness to people. And as I watched, uh, people kind of like, uh, you know, uh, I don't know about that. And uh, in that whole uh, aspect or philosophy or principle comes from Ezekiel chapter number three. Uh, and God also gives more about that in, in chapter number 33 of Ezekiel, I think also in chapter number 20 more of the qualifications for a watchman. And, uh, and uh, remember, all Scripture is profitable, Old Testament as well. Uh, but we'll also, I'm going to show you in Acts chapter number 20, uh, Paul repeating this principle uh, in the New Testament. Uh, and, and so we're not off the hook, uh, but I wanted to explain it a little bit. And that is where uh, I have my dad's obituary, usually in Ezekiel 3, Ezekiel uh, 33, uh, to remind me of that. Now we'll begin reading in chapter number 2 and looking at the prophet Ezekiel. Um, If you're like me, or I feel like I'm like Ezekiel, sometimes God has to tell me to do things a number of times uh, before I will actually do it. Uh, And I know God wants immediate obedience, but we tend to wrestle uh, as we find, you know, with the Lord about those things. And we always lose, uh, by the way. When you wrestle with the Lord, you always lose. Uh, and uh, and we, um, <clears throat> we know that God uh, has things planned and in store. And, you know, again, even, you know, I'm trying to manage uh, this week uh, with things that are out of my control. And I, you know, and I can't uh, try to figure it all out. And it's frustrating because I like I like to control things and, uh, and to be able uh, to come and go and this and that and, and whatever. And oh, by the way, you know, Monday, it's the Baptist bike ride, Monday and Tuesday, so I'll end up missing that uh, as well. And, and, uh, and I know Kevin, where's Kevin at? He's in here somewhere. He was planning on going on that and, and, uh, as well, so we'll have to figure out if he's still going to go uh, on it. But <clears throat> these are principles in the Old Testament that they're also in the New Testament uh, that Paul followed as well. Ezekiel 
uh, God gave Ezekiel a five-fold commission. Basically what he did in five verses that I'll show you here is he told him to do the same thing five different times. After the first three, uh, he had a pity party, he was pouting a little bit, he's angry at God uh, for seven days. Uh, and then finally God gave him the, told him the fourth time, then told him the fifth time. And he asked him to do some other strange things, which I want to mention, just because I think they're cool. Uh, and, uh, and also uh, it is a, um, helps us to see that when God tells us to just go into all the world and preach the gospel, or he gives us, I'm sure we can find in the New Testament a fivefold commission uh, for us uh, as we witness and share the gospel with other people. Uh, and, uh, and, but we have it easy uh, compared to some of these Old Testament prophets uh, who God called, had them do very uh, strange things, uh, and really told them, you're going to preach, nobody's going to listen, uh, and, uh, and they still had to obey the Lord in that. Uh, but he gave, uh, in chapter number two, he basically told him uh, that he's going to do five things. So let me point those out, then the five commissions, then we'll look at the watchman. I'll show you in Acts 20, then we'll be done. All right? So he, verse number one of chapter number two, and he said unto me, God said unto him, son of man. Uh, this was a phrase uh, that, or a name that God referred to Ezekiel as the son of man. This is the first time of 93 times. Uh, that he does so in the book of Ezekiel. Not to get into it, it has a lot to do with um, his humanness uh, and a name that just really reflected upon uh, about his weakness uh, and who he is in God time and time again, 93 times, uh, is uh, reminding him or called him that. Uh, and he was so weak uh, at this moment in time. They Remember, they're in the Babylonian captivity. Uh, and, uh, and all that's on, involved with that. And they're actually at a place called Tel Aviv, uh, which uh, is not Tel Aviv or Tel Aviv in modern days. This is a place uh, that was in a different spot by the river Chebar. Uh, but uh, that's where he was. Uh, and that's where people that were um, in, during the Babylonian captivity uh, were, were kept at this point uh, in history. But he says to him, stand upon thy feet in verse 1 of chapter 2. And I will speak to thee. And he was so weak, he couldn't even, he couldn't even stand up. And the Spirit had to enter into him, verse 2. Uh, and uh, he spake unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him. So uh, he asked him to stand. And then he asked him to listen. Uh, as God spoke to him, he heard what God had to say in verse 3, which is uh, the first uh, part of the fivefold commission. Uh, he says to him in verse number 3, And he said unto me, Son of man, I send thee to a children of Israel... To a rebellious nation that hath rebelled against me, they and their fathers have transgressed against me even unto this very day. So his commission was, I'm going to send you uh, to uh, my rebellious children. Uh, and he tells them what he's going to uh, do as well. Verse 4, this is the third thing he says. He says to stand, he says to listen, he heard. Uh, and it says, for they are impudent children and stiff-hearted I do send thee unto them, and thou shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord. So he says, you're gonna, he says, Stand up, listen, uh, and then you're going to speak uh, to these stiff hearted, uh, impudent children. Uh, and you say to them, verse 5, and they, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear. So he says, If they're going to listen, or even if they don't listen, uh, you're going you're gonna to speak for me. They are a rebellious house, yet shall know that there hath been a prophet among them. So he says, be courageous uh, in verse number six. And thou son of man, 
Be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost well among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, nor be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious house. I mean, I don't know about you, but um, I wouldn't be too excited uh, about what God was calling me to do. There's a lot of things, you know, somebody says, hey, uh, I feel like God's called me to be a church planter to, you know, Waikiki. Uh, you know, a guy could get excited about that. Uh, and uh, there, there are places in the world, there are people um, who, you know, um, they're Ninevites, people have Ninevites, but they're also people that we love and we want to reach and, uh, and a call of God to do that uh, would, be, would be a wonderful thing. Uh, but this doesn't sound good. Uh, it's, he, he didn't want to do it. Uh, he, he, he's, he is weak and he is frail. He is part of the captivity. Uh, and, uh, and not only, and then later on, we won't get into it probably for sake of time, uh, but he basically tells them in chapter number three towards the end, uh, you need to stay at your house and you need to be tied up. And you don't talk to anybody unless I tell you what to say. Uh, and that was part of, of, of the deal. Uh, and uh, everything that came out of his mouth had to be um, ordained of God. And he, and he told them he couldn't rebuke them. Uh, these are a stiff-necked, rebellious people who needed rebuking. Uh, and oftentimes, that's what the prophets did. They called the children of Israel out on the rebellion uh, and their idolatry. Uh, but for seven years, he was basically in his home, uh, his hands bound, uh, in his mouth only open when God put the words in it, and he was, and he was told to not rebuke uh, the children of Israel. Uh, and, uh, and he says, don't be afraid of them, though. Um, they're stiff-necked, and, uh, and they are rebellious. Uh, don't worry about what they say. Don't be worried about their looks. Don't be dismayed. They're a rebellious house, and thou shalt speak, verse 7, my words unto them, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, for they are most rebellious. But thou, son of man, hear what I say unto thee. Be not thou rebellious like the rebellious house. He says, open thy... So he says, don't be rebellious. He says, you obey me. All right. Uh, and then he says, open your mouth and I'm going to give you something to eat. That's in verse, verse number eight. So the next thing he says, he says, you need to obey me. O obey me at all points. He says, and when I looked, verse 9, behold, an hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of, the, of, of, of a book was thereon. See, if you started in chapter number 3, uh, and God says, eat this roll. I mean, I like rolls. I like, I like them. You, you heat them up in the, in the oven, and you put a little butter on them, uh, and, uh, and that is really good. But if you start in verse number three, chapter number 3, you think, oh, he's eating a roll. Um, I, I'm fine with that. But it was a roll of Scripture. He says in verse 9, a roll of the book was thereon, and he spread it out before me, uh, and it was written within and without, and there was written there lamentations and mourning and woe. So part of, well, you could think it maybe it's part of uh, what Jeremiah was writing, either in the parts of Lamentations or, uh, or, the, or, or some other parts of Jeremiah. But it was a scroll, a roll, and, uh, and he says, open up your mouth, I want you to eat this. Uh, moreover, chapter number three, verse one, he said unto me, son of man, eat that thou findest, eat this roll and go speak into the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that roll. And he said unto me, son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. Then I did eat it. And I like what it says here. And it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. So he basically, and remember, these were leather 
um, parchments in rolls, and not like beef jerky uh, type of uh, and stuff. So he ate the scroll, the leather scroll, the leather roll, and when he ate it, it tastes like honey uh, and, and went, down, went down pretty easy. And then we have the second part of his commission in verse number four. And he said unto me, son of man, go get thee into the house of Israel and speak with my words unto them. Uh, and again, he says they're, they're, um, uh, there's strange speech. There's their languages that they're not going to understand you. Uh, they, they made their face strong against, you know, me and against you. Then in chapter, verse number 11, he says again, And go, get thee to them of the captivity unto the children of thy people, and speak unto them, and tell them, Thus saith the Lord God, whether they will hear or whether they will forbear, meaning whether they will not. Uh, and, uh, and then uh, again in verse number 17, is this is the fourth time he tells them to do it. Uh, but this was after, you can read verses 15 and 16, seven days uh, he was astonished among them, seven days uh, he was angry. Uh, at uh, this prospect, um, and, and, and he says in verse 17, God to him, he says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman under the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. Skip ahead to verse number 22, uh, and we have the fifth of the fivefold commission. It says, And the hand of the Lord was there upon me, and he said unto me, Arise, go forth into the plain, and I will there talk with thee. Uh, and in here at the end of this is where he basically says uh, in verse 26, I'll make thy tongue cleave to the roof of thy mouth, that thou shalt be dumb, and shall not be to them a reprover, for they're rebellious. Uh, and uh, it says in verse 25, I'll put bands upon thee. Uh, he had told him, enter into his house, put bands on him, uh, and he's going to make it. He's not going to be able to speak to them. Uh, and he forbid, forbid him to rebuke them, even though they are rebellious people. So, uh, he says, I want you to stand up and I want you to listen, speak for me, be courageous uh, and obey the word of the Lord. Um, test them straight away. Here, eat this scroll, <laughs> uh, eat this roll. Uh, and most of us go like, I'm out. Uh, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to eat that parchment. Uh, but he obeyed the Lord, uh, passed that test. And in God, I kind of like I feel like, um, you know, you ever um, eat like a piece of cake and ask God to bless it for the nourishment of your body. And, uh, you know, it's almost like God turned this into a carrot as it goes, it goes down uh, my gullet, you know. Uh, there's, I kind of, it, it's not even close to that, but I kind of imagine it's like, okay, I'm just going to eat this. And because he was obedient, it tasted good uh, to him. Uh, and uh, and God, uh, God did that. But he says to him, you are a watchman. And again, in chapter 33, he goes into more detail, but he gives a brief summary of what it means to be what he wanted Ezekiel to be to the children of Israel, a rebellious, stiff-necked, impudent people. And if they listen to you or they don't listen to you, you got to tell them what I want you to say. And that goes for us, okay? Whether people listen or they don't listen, that is... It's almost irrelevant to the command of God to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Our job is to sow the seed of the word of God, to be a witness. We're not responsible for the results. We get frustrated when the results aren't there because we want to see results. We want to see people get saved. Um, but um, that's not our responsibility. If a preacher, you know, evangelist, missionary, whomever, um, uh, you as a, as a Christian in obedience to the Great Commission, 
if you share the gospel from now for you know, 10, 20, 50 years, whatever it is, and you don't see one person saved, um, you, you have still obeyed the Lord because you are a gospel witness. We're to, we're to spread the gospel to people. Is everybody with me? All right. So he says, you're a watchman. And then he explains it. Verse 18. When I say unto the, uh, when I say unto the wicked, and this is chapter 3, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not a warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his, his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thy hand. Yet, if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. So he says, you warn the wicked, rebellious people of their sin. Uh, and uh, that God is going to judge them. And you, but you preach the things that you tell them what I'm going to say and you warn the wicked. Uh, if you don't warn them and they don't turn from their wicked way and they die in their wickedness, the, their blood will I require at thy hand. Uh, and, uh, and he says, if they turn from it, uh, you know, if you warn them and they turn, uh, and uh, oh, excuse me, if you warn them and they turn not from their wickedness, um, you've delivered your own soul. So again, he says, you tell them what's right, regardless of how they respond to it. But it is your job as a watchman to warn them. If you fail to warn them, and if you can imagine a watchman, their job uh, on a tower, um, the responsibilities that came as they looked out over the plains or the mountains or whatever around uh, their city, uh, they would give reports as to what's going on out there. If the enemy was coming, you know, they would warn the people. Uh, and it would be a dereliction of duty if they saw the enemy coming and they, they were sleeping, didn't see him coming, or they failed to warn the people of the impending doom that was coming their way. Uh, a watchman on a tower uh, is how I imagine this, crying out to people and warning them uh, and warning the wicked. But he also talks about the righteous in verse number 20. Again, uh, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, and I lay a stumbling block before him, he shall die because thou hast not given him warning. He shall die in his sin and his righteousness, which he hath done, uh, shall uh, not be remembered, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Nevertheless, if thou warn the righteous man uh, that the righteous sin not, and he doth not sin, he shall surely live, because he is warned also, uh, thou hast delivered thy soul. So you warn the wicked about their wickedness. Uh, you warn the righteous about their unrighteousness. If they listen to you, uh, great. If they don't, that doesn't matter. Your job is to warn. Your job is to be uh, the watchman. Uh, and if you fail to do your job, their blood is required. When they die, it's, it's required of your hand. You are responsible. The blood will be on your hands. So as I look or I talked about soul winning and the judgment seat of Christ, and, uh, and, uh, and, it, and to let me back up. I, you know, I, we are to be, we're salt and light. God's called us to be a witness, a testimony. I think it's what we should be doing, I've got to do more of it. You've got to do more of it. It should be front of mind all the time. And that's really what it should be all about. It's why we have church. It's why God's left us here. Uh, heaven and hell are real, just as I mentioned this morning. Uh, I just believe the average Christian in our Bible-preaching churches, uh, and especially um, churches that don't preach the Bible, um, we just, it's like we treat the Bible like it's like Mother Goose's fables. It's like it's a story that 
that's a great story, uh, but like it's not real. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I remember when I was in <clears throat> Bible college, um, I can't remember the actual activity or whatever. If it was an activity, it's been so long ago. Uh, but I remember burning uh, in a fire. We had a, a fire there and burning a picture uh, of uh, some family members in that fire to watch it burn up. And the idea was to imagine my family burning in hell. That was really kind of the object of, of that exercise. And it was a very poignant one. And it was something that, uh, that stuck with me if, if, in just imagining that. All of us, I mean, how many have burned yourself really bad at some point? Like, I, you know, every time I cook, I'm burning myself and uh, got scars all over from doing that. Uh, and that's just like, ooh, ow, you know, and, uh, and you kind of go on. But can you imagine... Um, you know, burning uh, in, in that intense kind of, uh, kind of heat in hell. I just can't imagine it. Uh, but that's what people do. And they don't die. Um, you know, I've seen videos of people lighting themselves on fire. Uh, Buddhist uh, monks or somebody trying to commit suicide or some accident or whatever. And to see somebody just in, in to, burn, to burn to death. The, the amount of pain that is described in that, or someone who recovers from that type of a thing uh, in the hospital and, and all that's go, that goes into that, being that burning that hot um, and, and not dying forever um, is just something we, don't, we can't fathom. But that's where people go without Jesus. Right. And it's real, all right? Heaven, wonderful. Um, as I mentioned this morning, God describes it. It's not like what we, we would think in many respects, uh, but, but hell is just as real as heaven. And uh, I'm thankful that I'm not going to hell. Uh, and, but um, um, I, I want other people, uh, especially those that, that I love and care for, and, um, it's to go to heaven and not go to hell. Um, but not every single person that I pass in, the day, in a day's time, is, are, is their blood going to be required? Of my hand, uh, but I believe God puts us in positions where we neglect uh, our responsibility to be soul winners, where we actually have contact, eye to eye contact, face to face contact with people. Some of them on a regular basis that we don't share the gospel with. And when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ, I can't imagine them uh, standing there. And it's like God say opens up the Lamb's book of life. It's like your name's not written in it. And for them to look at me and go, Bob, why didn't you tell me? You're a preacher. Um, why didn't you share the gospel with me? I'm, I'm, go, I'm going to hell. And I believe in those moments to where, I've, where I, I've had influence, I've had contact. It's not just a casual passing of somebody that I see, uh, you know, in Walmart or whatever. These are people that I engage with, people that I know, my neighbors, etc. I have a responsibility as a watchman. I'm not responsible for what, how they respond to it, the gospel. But I am responsible to tell them. And you're like, but that's an Old Testament principle. It's Ezekiel. It's back then. It's a watchman. It's different. We're under grace. We're under the New Testament. Uh, and, uh, and God doesn't require, doesn't lay upon us that type of responsibility under grace. In fact, there are people, there are people who are Calvinistic in their belief that think God's just going to do it all, and they have zero responsibility. Uh, and uh, God's going to just save who he saves, and uh, and send to hell who he wants to send to hell. And so what do I have, any, what do I have to do with it? And that's how they live their life. Uh, and that's an unscriptural thing as well. Turn to Acts chapter number 20. 
And we'll see what Paul says about this principle uh, here uh, in, uh, in this uh, passage of Scripture. And uh, we'll back up and just look at verse number, well, we'll look at verse, verse number 20. Uh, Paul speaking about his own ministry and what he was doing and uh, says to those uh, there uh, at, uh, in Ephesus, um, he says, and how I kept, well, verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. We talked about that in Sunday school. They're just out to get him uh, constantly and uh, at the end of his, of his life uh, in ministry uh, in locked up because of the hatred of the Jews towards that ministry. How I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and, and, and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Jump ahead just a, a little bit, and he says in verse number 26, uh, and this is, this is, he says that he is free. He says, verse 26, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Um, he, was free, he says, I'm free from the blood of all men. There are places in the world at that time, he'd say to, you know, uh, the church at Philippi or the church at Thessalonica, uh, how their faith, we just preached on that, uh, and, and how the gospel where they were at was just spread everywhere uh, because of what they had done. Paul uh, as, he, as he, on his missionary journeys and led people to Christ, these churches are established. He preached the word of God. And what he preached to them, he, the reason he was free from the blood of all men is because everywhere, in, in publicly and from house to house, uh, he shared the gospel, testified both to Jews and Greeks, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, can't get into it. It's already 10 minutes still. Um, it's both. We need to have repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, repentance is necessary for salvation, uh, and, uh, and Paul was clear and preached that. Uh, for those of you who think all you've got to do is believe, um, if you're new here, etc., um, the whole world was turned upside down with the gospel um, of, of what the gospel that Paul preached before Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were ever written. And so the verses that people say, all you got to do is believe and you don't have to repent. The proof texts that they preach to prove that are, were, were written decades, some of them, after all these churches were started with the gospel that Paul preached. All right? And, uh, and that's just facts. Uh, and, and, I've, and I've talked to people. I mean, I love them. They're one, two, three, pray after me. They'll have somebody on a the porch. They don't, you know, it's like, all you got to do is pray this prayer. Uh, and, uh, and they'll point to John 3 and other places in the Bible as the reason. It doesn't say repent. It says to believe. And, uh, and I just want to shake them because uh, some of them are preachers uh, and should know better. Uh, and, uh, and all you got to do is Google it. <laughs> like, when were these books written? <laughs> uh, and you can have all the dates uh, and things right there. So he was free from the blood of all men because he preached to the Jews, to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But even beyond that, um, he says he, shunned to he had not shunned to declare all the counsel of God. Remember, Ezekiel was to warn the wicked, he was to warn the righteous. Um, he, he, was, he was to, to preach truth and righteousness and judgment. Uh, and, and that's what God wanted him to do. 
Uh, and that's also what we do. Our, it's, it's more than just giving somebody a gospel track uh, and tell them Jesus loves them and wants them to be saved. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's confrontational. Uh, it is, it is you're, you're in your sin uh, and, and you can't go to heaven uh, in your sin. And, and, uh, and they say, and what, you know, they'll name and stuff. Uh, like today, for example, um, you know, I talked about, uh, you know, uh, specific things. Uh, and I said, I'm just not going to sugarcoat stuff or beat around the bush. Um, God lists those things out. And if, if, if those people on that list um, will not inherit the kingdom of God. They can't, they can't go to heaven if you're that. You can be, you can be a saved fornicator uh, or a saved whoremonger or a saved liar. God forgives us by His grace when we, when we ask Him to forgive us uh, and accept Him into our life and heart and all the terminology that we use. Um, our sins are removed, our transgressions as far as the east is from the west, he bears them deep as sea. The righteousness of Christ is applied to our life. We've been justified just as we've never sinned. We, we'll, we will not pay uh, the penalty of sin because of what Jesus had done. Um, and then the way that First John, the book of James, and other parts of Scripture explain it, what God says is that people who do those things... It's not that they've lost their salvation. He's saying those who are saved don't do those things. So God saves people and he changes them. Uh, and, uh, and so you, if you're an, an active whoremonger, uh, an active liar, uh, the word of God in, in, in 1 John, and again, I'm not a hyper-dispensationalist. Stuff that's in James and 1 John and Revelation are just as profitable for us for doctrine as what's in Genesis to, up, up to 1 John or the book of James. That's why I say, you know, faith and works and other types of stuff. That's the end time saints. That's in the end time dispensation. No, it's for me. Right. And it's for you. Uh, and what God says, he says that those who are sincerely saved, we don't lose our salvation. He says those who are saved don't do these things. Your life is not characterized by those sins. Uh, you've been forgiven, and you're a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Uh, the old man and his deeds are gone. It doesn't mean that you don't sin, uh, uh, and uh, we're not sinless, uh, but when we sin, we know it breaks the heart of God, and the Holy Spirit of God doesn't let us remain that way. And He, and he leads us to repentance, and He chastens us, and we, and we ask God to forgive us. And you say, well, I thought it's already under blood. It is, but my sin separates me from God. It withholding good things from me. It, uh, it affects my prayer life, and, uh, and, and on and on and on and on in the Bible. So, it is our response, it's my responsibility as a pastor uh, to preach the whole counsel of God. To, to, to preach things, to, to preach the hard things, to, to say stuff when I, I know it's going to, you know, be very pointed um, and not to hold, hold back. And I've never, at, you know, I've never in my life, God's honest truth, ever looked out into a congregation uh, and changed my notes because brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so was here. Uh, and uh, in fact, I probably had more occasions where people were like, man, he... What, how does he know that? Uh, you know, how does he know that about me? That was, that was a message uh, right straight to me. He must have seen me or know something or whatever. Now, um, Paul, it's almost like it's beyond just being a witness. It was, it was the whole counsel of God. So when I say 
we are responsible and that we don't want the blood of people, uh, their blood on our hands or required of our hands to stand at the judgment seat of Christ. Remember, God looks at, you know, we call it the, the white throne judgment that we read about in Revelation 20. Um, and then we, we say as a Christian that we're, we are not, we don't, we're not judged at the white throne judgment because we're saved. Um, but we all stand before God. It's the judge, we call it the Bema seat judgment. It's like the judgment judgment. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, we are still judged according to our works, whether they're good or bad. God, he judges our motives. He looks at why we do things. Uh, the works we do, are they wood, hay, stubble? Are they, you know, it's a performance evaluation. Okay? I know people say that performance religion. It, it's, it's, we, it's obedience to Christ. And when we stand before God, he looks at what we've done and he evaluates that and rewards us or we suffer loss because of it. And, and, and there are going to be times as I stand before God, and, I, and I've said this a hundred times if I've said it once, uh, if there are crowns to be won, I want to win them. Um, I know I'm going to lay them at his feet. Uh, but, but I want them. I, I want to strive and I want God to be pleased with me. I'm not working my way to heaven. I'm on my way to heaven. I work because I'm saved. Uh, it's faith. Show me your faith by your works. If people see your works, they glorify your Father which is in heaven. I don't do a single thing in my life as a Christian to get to heaven. Amen. That's already been taken care of. But I serve Him because I'm going. And I'm a bondservant and I'm a living sacrifice. And I'm supposed to be a cross bearer and, uh, and to be a faithful witness and salt and light and all the things that God says. And, uh, and He says to do righteousness. I know my righteousness is as a filthy rag, but it doesn't. But God says, still do righteousness, do do God things, do right things, do holy things, and, and serve God. That's the responsibility of every Christian, not just uh, a pastor or a full time minister or missionary evangelist. It is for uh, everybody. You say, well, how do how do I how, how can I be sure that um, when I stand at the judgment seat of Christ and God looks at my life? Uh, he's not, I'm not being, the penalty of sin's not being judged on me. I'm not standing there uh, with threat of losing my salvation. But, it, but, but if all of a sudden here's my neighbor and, and it's like, um, you know, he's naming names and their name gets skipped and they go, whoa, my name's not in there. Your name's not in here. It's been blotted out. And they're going to be cast in the lake of fire. Uh, at the judgment seat of Christ, and, um, and for them to turn and go, <laughs> you know, why didn't you tell me? I don't, want that, I don't want that to happen for me at the judgment seat of Christ. And, uh, and so since I don't know, one, I don't know people's hearts. I don't know, you know, people can claim to be saved. There can be fruits proven that they're saved. There can, pe- there can be people, they can fool me, they can fool you. I don't know people's hearts. Uh, and I don't know my own. The Bible says it's, you know, it's deceitful above all things. It's desperately wicked. So since I don't know whose blood would be required at my hand, I just, I just think that I should be a faithful witness. Just to take the opportunities when God presents them to me. All right? Case in point. Um, I have, you know, I have to make a judgment call about where I'm going to be this weekend. Um, I want to be here and preach to the kids and, and stuff and be in the service. Um, chances are pretty good uh, that as, as filled as the auditorium will be this next week, 
on Sunday. There may be a handful of people that don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. Uh, most of the people that attend our services do, all right? And you say, well, how do you know that? Because I ask all the time, and people raise their hand. I'm saved, and I say, if you're not saved, they don't raise their hand. Now, a couple people did today. I'm thankful for that, and God's dealing and brought conviction upon hearts, and, and that's a wonderful thing. Uh, but I absolutely, 100% positively know that there'll be dozens upon dozens upon dozens upon dozens. Uh, there. So, <clears throat> I have a choice. Um, I cannot go. Uh, and um, and then, I, then I run the risk of, of here was an opportunity uh, to present the gospel. And by the way, um, um, not too terribly long ago, I skipped going to another relative's memorial service because I, because I, um, it was going to be officiated by a, a female chaplain uh, in a Catholic or a Lutheran church, and so, um, so I came here and preached to gypsies instead of going to that because I knew I'd have a, a greater opportunity to see souls saved here uh, preaching a service for them than I would being present at a Lutheran service for a family member. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'll show up. I got I to gotta show up at least for the, for the service. And it's my family and I want to be there and I want to support them. And then I'm just going to tap out and go so I can catch a flight to get back here uh, somehow uh, for the services on Sunday. And then it's like, oh, I know it's a big ask. That's what the text said. I know it's a big ask. But would you do the service? And... Uh, so then it's kind of like the decision is made at that point. And uh, there are probably a lot of um, people that I've worked with over the years or lived next to or had more than a casual acquaintance at a, you know, a cashier at Safeway or and uh, by the way, you can give them a gospel track, invite them to church. They have the gospel on the back, and, and, there's, and there's a part of that. It's like, okay, I've spread the word, and I've given them the gospel. But our spirit and attitude can't be like, okay, that, that one's not on my account. <laughs> at, least that, at least that, I gave them a gospel track. You know, I've done, I've done what, I, what I could. We need, to, we need to do better. We need to do more. Engage them uh, and, and ask them, you know, tough questions and uh, and you know, tell them that the Lord, you know, Jesus loves them and can uh, and can save them. I told I told a lady today uh, going through the Starbucks line, um, just as flaming as flaming can be, and it's like heading to church. Yep, said, Jesus loves you. She don't like she don't like me saying that. I say it all the time, but he does. And uh, <clears throat> so there's probably a lot. I don't know. And I know I'm going to stand before God. And, and there's, uh, I'm, going to have, I'm going to have works that burn up. I'm going to have some works that remain. Um, and, I, and I really couldn't honestly tell you the scale of it or whatever. But, um, but there's been countless times in my life as a servant of God that I've done things because I've had to. Or I've done things for a pat on the back. Or, uh, or you know, I've, I've done things you know, for reasons that aren't the right reasons. They're going to burn up. Um, but there are times where, you know, I, I know that God uh, is pleased. And, uh, 
And I want, I want you all to think that way. So since you don't know who you're going to be responsible for, then just, just be like you're responsible for everybody. Like a Christian ball hog <laughs> uh, to a certain degree. It's like nobody's going to get saved unless I tell them. And so I just need to be about doing that and keep gospel. If you can't, you won't pass out gospel tracts, you don't have them. And, uh, and, 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 and really, you should just be always looking for a way um, to, to talk to somebody about the Lord. You know, and, uh, and, and not even care what they think about you. Because that's the, the least important thing you should be thinking about. So, heaven's real, hell is real. If you're here today and you're saved and on your way to heaven, it's the greatest gift that God's ever given you. Um, it would be a shame not to share that good news with other people. Um, who do I tell? Um, there are people in your life that I don't, I don't know. Family members, they know you go to church. They know you're here on a Sunday night. They think you're a weirdo. You know, oh, you go to church all the time and on and on and on. And just embrace, embrace it. And I, and I go to church because I love the Lord. And, um, you know, he loves you. And, you, you know, you give, you give him a track, invite him, uh, you know, do what you can uh, to get him to come to church. Uh, but more important than that, to tell them that, that, uh, that Jesus has provided for their salvation. You won't do that uh, unless um, you really believe what, what you say you believe. Our belief drives our behavior. And, and if we're not behaving like salt and light, then we, then we don't believe that we are. If, 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 if we believe that someone's going to die and spend a, a, an eternity, a Christless eternity in hell, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth and the worm dieth not, and all that the Bible says about that is torment and it's flames, if we really believe that. Um, you ever heard that expression, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy? Um, we wouldn't wish that on our, our worst enemy. And, uh, and so, like, well, I can't, I can't save them. You can tell them. And you can warn them. You're a watchman. If you fail to warn them, blood's on your hands. Uh, if you warn them and they don't listen, you're good. They're not. They need, to, they need to get saved. It doesn't mean that your job is done. You need to say, hey, you know, and you ask them again. Until they say, you know what, don't ever, don't ever talk to me again about Jesus and about church. And if you do, I'm never going to talk to you. Uh, and you just say, okay, you know, you might say, well, you know, I can't promise you that. Um, but unless somebody like says, I don't want to be around you ever again, if you tell me one more time about Jesus, uh, I'd be like, I get my buddy to go tell him, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, get somebody else to do it. Uh, but, but just keep at him. And I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I know a lot of people that are there were there for my dad's, and I might talk about that. Um, but, I'm, but there won't be a one of them that when I stand before God, that their blood will be here. Because I'm going to tell them. What's nice about it is they'll all be in one spot. One message, one spot. And, uh, and then who knows what God may do with it. Um, but because I'm the preacher, you know, uh, my sister asked me earlier, she says, did they ask you to do the service this afternoon while eating lunch? I said, no. I said, nope. And uh, she said, oh, okay. 
And, uh, and I just, just figured, you know, they won't. I almost said, well, I'm sure I'll get to pray over lunch. Because that's what I do. And, uh, but then it's like, I know it's a big ask. I'm like, yes. Um, so pray, pray for that. But you have the same, hopefully, the same spirit and attitude towards the people in your life. Uh, and, uh, and just and tell them. You got to tell them. All right, let's all stand tonight with our heads bowed and, and our eyes closed. And,